I'm thankful to, to stand before you to study a portion of God's word uh, with you tonight. I appreciate the prayer on my behalf. Uh, the word of God is something to be uh, taken seriously, for we know it's, uh, it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And I want to deliver that tonight. And it's my hope and prayer to deliver that in an effective way and let the word of God speak. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about, um, get this thing on here. Uh, being the light in a dark world, you could probably figure that out by the, uh, the different songs that we've sung tonight. Um, I'll tell you up front, uh, most of you probably know a lot of times when I'm uh, speaking, um, I have a difficulty. Sometimes I go a little long. Um, tonight, it's probably going to be the opposite. I'd say probably because sometimes I still have a difficulty of going on and on. But uh, I want to tell you tonight that this is something that I'm very passionate about, something I think that really makes a difference in the world. Just by the title alone, we understand that we're in a dark world. Uh, Keegan talked about that uh, last Wednesday. We've heard sermons about that. We know that we're in a dark world. We know that when we're at work, when we're at school in the community, there's things that are terrible that we experience, that we see with our own eyes, that we wish we didn't have to see. But the truth is, we live in a dark world. And so there's a struggle as a Christian to be a light in the dark world. And we know that we have been called to be that light in the dark world. And so to introduce this, I want to ask a simple question, and that is, where is the darkest place that you've ever been? And when I say darkest, I don't mean from a spiritual standpoint, but maybe a physical standpoint. Uh, there's a lot of different things that come to my mind. Uh, the one that comes to my mind that's, that is most recent, uh, when Michaela and I had lived uh, in West Texas before we moved here, we made several trips back and forth to, to visit, uh, and a lot of times we would be driving back to uh, Amarillo, and it would be very dark, uh, it would be late, it would be maybe 11 o'clock, sometimes midnight, depending what time we started driving, um, and it was dark, I'll tell you, it was so dark, this city boy, or city guy, uh, was not very accustomed uh, to how dark it was. We live in a place where there's generally lights all around us. There's buildings, there's different uh, light posts, there's lights. In West Texas, that is not the case. <laughs> uh, we would go uh, on country roads, and I would sometimes think it would be funny to turn off the lights. Michaela did not think that was as funny, uh, but that was part of the reason I found enjoyment in that. But there was sometimes we would see a light in the distance. We would see a train uh, sometimes in the distance, and I would always tell Michaela, I said, that looks really close. I mean, that, that seems really close to us. And we would just keep on driving, keep on driving, and it seems like we'd never reach the train. <laughs> but it just seemed so close. And it just startled me because that train was, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 miles away. But I could see that light just like it was really close to my face. And I really experienced this idea of being a light in the dark world. Because we understand that though this world is dark, brothers and sisters, we know that. That the light shines brightest in the darkness. That when we're out in the world, yes, it's dark. People can see that light. And I think we can take that as a personal standpoint as a Christian. 
And we can also take it as a standpoint as the church. And we're going to talk about that tonight. And so we understand that light and darkness are opposite. Darkness is the absence of light. But when there is light, people see that light. And we're going to talk about that light tonight. Being a light in the dark world. I want to start in John chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 5. Uh, the verses we read tonight will be in the New King James. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So we understand, we've read this passage before, this goes all the way back to the beginning of time. All the way back to the creation. It says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we're talking about Jesus here, and how He was God, and He was with God. In verse 2 it says, uh, or verse 3, all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. When Jesus was there at creation, He was the Creator. It said there was nothing made without Christ. He was the Creator. And it says that in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so it says here that Jesus was life, and the life Jesus was what? The light of men. So Jesus is the light of men. And verse 5, what I want to hone in on here, it says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And so we have two sides here. One side says, yes, there's darkness, but the light shines in the darkness. You want the light to shine? You have to be in the darkness to have the light shine. And we understand Jesus came into this world, right? He was born a man, and He shined that light in a dark world. But what, is we, what do we see here? The second part, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness did not comprehend it. Why did the darkness not comprehend that? It's because they're dark and they don't want to receive or accept that light. Yes, that light will expose their darkness. We read that in other passages. But the darkness does not want to accept that. And so that's why it says that in verse number 5. Now in John chapter 15, it says Jesus speaking here. It says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I choose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And so he tells us that this hate that we're going to receive is not because of us in and of ourselves. It's because of Christ. Because Christ was hated by the world. Because He was the light. And the lightness exposed the darkness in others. And so people hated Christ. They didn't want to see their evil deeds. They wanted to live the way they wanted to live. But yet Christ was still that light. And it says, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. And so if we're receiving love from the world, that's a problem. <laughs> we're supposed to be receiving the hatred because the world hates Christ, you see. There's opposite ends, light and darkness. And when they see that light, they hate the light. They hate that. But yet, you because, uh, yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. This passage should give us comfort, actually. Because we know that the world just doesn't hate us because of who we are in and of ourselves, but because of 
the name of Christ. And so Christ knows exactly what we feel. Christ knows exactly how it is to be a light in the darkness because he was the light. And so that's what Jesus talks about in the light. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, Jesus speaking uh, the Sermon on the Mount, it says, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So Jesus, uh, something that I really admire and appreciate about Jesus is that whenever he spoke, whenever he taught Christianity, when he taught, he gave specific examples of what people can understand. Everyone knows what light and darkness is, right? And so what did he say in verse 14? It says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And so a city that is on a hill, it's kind of like what I was talking about. If you're driving, let's say you're driving and it's dark, you can see that city set on a hill if it has light, right? And how dark is this world? We think about abortion. We think about homosexuality. We think about pride. We think about all these types of sins, yet they can see the light. Because that city is set on a hill, shining bright. And brothers and sisters, that's us. That's us. That's you and me as Christians. That as we go throughout this community, as we go throughout this world, they're going to see that light. And they're going to recognize it. In verse number 15, it says, Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, or a bushel as the King James puts it, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Uh, when I was younger, as you could probably imagine, when the electricity would, would, uh, would turn off due to a storm, I, I you know, panicked. <laughs> I was scared. And a lot of times I would say, Where, where's the light? Where's the light? Well, I can't turn on the light because <laughs> the light's off. Similarly, Jesus is talking about whenever you're in a house, it says that no one puts a light or puts a light under a basket. They don't have a light and then they just cover it up. What would be the purpose of the light, right? Now, uh, I don't think a lot of us today, maybe some of you, um, whenever the electricity goes out, you get a flashlight literally, or maybe you get a candle. Um, a lot of times today, what a lot of people do is they'll get out their phones and they have the flashlight app or whatever, where you can just turn it on and... Um, but you have to be careful because that can blind you. <laughs> I've tried that before and it blinds me. But the, the point here is, whenever you have the light, what's the point in hiding that light? You see, when the electricity goes out, when the world is dark, you turn on the light and you shine the light because that light needs to be shown to the dark world. That light needs to be shown around the house. Whenever I was scared, whenever I was in darkness... A lot of times my dad or mom would come with me with the light and I would see that light and I would know that the light was there. And just like that, just like Jesus is talking about here, that's how it needs to be out there. That they know that we're shining the light, that they can see the light. They don't just see the darkness, but they see the light. And we see in verse number 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father uh, in heaven, which is in heaven, King James says. And so the point that Christ is getting at, it says that light, it needs to be shining. And a lot of times uh, when we think of the light, 
I know a lot of times we say we need to be the light. We need to be shining. But he clarifies this in this passage saying that what's the purpose of this? The purpose is to glorify who? To glorify God. And so that others, that when they see your good works, yes, you're going to be doing good things for Christ because we need to shine the light. It's for the purpose to glorify God. And others are going to see that. I'll tell you right now, others will see that. We think we're in a dark world than we are, but I'll tell you, there are some that want to see the light and that will see the light and will come to the light. And that's why we do these things to glorify God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I'll get to that in just a moment. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse, uh, the chapter prior, uh, Jesus talks about, or I'm sorry, uh, Paul writes to the church of Corinth and talks about the old covenant, the old law and Moses and, and the veils. And at the end of that chapter, he talks about how glorious God is and how um, we have the New Testament today and how powerful that is. And so in chapter four, when he says, therefore, I wanted to give the context. He says, therefore, knowing that since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. I'll stop right there for a second. And so in chapter 4, uh, Paul, writing to the church of Corinth, says, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy from God, since we have that, we do not lose heart. We do not become faint. We do not grow weary. We are not, um, not courageous, but instead we're courageous. We don't lose heart. We don't lose faith. We don't become weary, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame. And it says, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully. We're not here to trick people, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And verse number three says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is to veil to those who are perishing. That goes back to chapter three, and I would invite you to read that uh, on your own time. But it's talking about the light, the gospel, the light. And we see in verse number four, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, whenever we understand this passage, it is absolutely amazing. I'll tell you, I, I had read this. I've read Corinthians before the letters to the Corinthians. But I think that there is something very important here. Something very awesome that I want to point out. It talks about the gods of this age, that, um, that people are blind by their own darkness, by their own sin. But it says, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should what should shine on them? Should shine on them. You see, he puts the responsibility on the person shining the light, doesn't he? It says that, yes, they can be blinded. They can be blinded by their own sin. They're in darkness. But 
the glorious gospel can shine on them. The light can shine on them, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord in ourselves, your bondservants for Jesus' sake. And so we understand that we're not here to preach ourselves. This is not about us. The more we go throughout life, hopefully we understand that, that this is about God. This is about Jesus. It's His light that we're shining. And then in verse 6, this is what I want to focus in on. It says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Think about that. What is he talking about when the light would shine out of darkness? Well, we go back all the way. Remember what we talked about to the creation? What did God do? He said, let there be light. And there was light just like that. He commanded the light. Isn't that amazing? And when he commanded the light, he commanded it eventually to shine out of darkness. What's interesting to me here is that when God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit were at the creation, think about this. When there was light, they were thinking about the light of the gospel 2,000 years later or 4,000 years later. The light would shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We want to shine Jesus Christ in the face of Jesus Christ. This is a dark world. And I'll tell you, it's very easy to become discouraged. It's very easy to see the darkness. But brothers and sisters, I can tell you right now that if the light shines bright in darkness, then that, then that means that souls can be saved, that people can see that light in this community. So whenever you go to work, whenever I go to work, when we go to school, and there's darkness around us, just remember that we have the light of Jesus Christ, that we can shine the light of Jesus Christ and that others can see that and glorify God because that's what it's all about. It's not about you and it's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. And so as we go throughout this world, this dark world, remember that light that you saw and you shine that same light to this world. I appreciate uh, your patience tonight. Hopefully, the things we've talked about are a, a positive message. As I mentioned, it's very easy to become discouraged in this life, but what we can take hold on is knowing that Jesus helps us through this. Jesus did not just come to talk about the sick, but he came to heal the sick. You see, he didn't just focus on the problems of this world. He came because he was the solution to the problems of this world. And praise God that we have Jesus Christ today. And if you don't have Jesus Christ tonight, you need to have Jesus. You need to have Jesus. Jesus died for you. He has given you salvation. He's given us hope and joy. And tonight you can have that if you have not already obtained that. You can become a child of God or maybe you'd like to uh, be rebaptized 
uh, for the remission of sins. We offer that invitation tonight, but tonight we also want to offer the invitation to our brothers and sisters. Um, as we go throughout this dark world, it's difficult as we've talked about, and maybe you need that encouragement. Maybe you need that help. I want to tell you tonight that you are not alone in this. Every single person in this room that's a Christian has to deal with this. And we're here to help each other. And we're here to lean upon God. And so if we can help you in any way tonight, if you'd like to uh, request the prayers of the church, please come have a seat on the front row as we stand and sing.